The Hurling Pod on OTB Sports. I know you listened to James Cahill's podcast with Will Darren Hall. They asked James who was going to win. He said Galway. Well, why do you think? Because I just really, really want him to win. <laughs> Subscribe to the GA podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Alan Quinlan, good morning to you. How are you? Oh, grand lads, know yourselves. Uh, we're uh, we're having a little bit of a debate here. I'm a bit glass half empty. Owen's glass half full. It's, it's overflowing his cup of joy at our the quality of our performance at the weekend. No joy. It's no joy whatsoever. Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm I, I, I'm worried. That's that's the starting point. Well, I was worried before the first test, um, and you should be worried anytime you're playing New Zealand. Even though you know the last couple of years we've we've had three great results against them, but. Yeah, I'm with Owen on this. My, my, the glass is half full for me, which is surprising because I'm usually pessimistic. Um, I still think it's going to be a mammoth task, to be honest, Ger. And, uh, um, you know, they could get better. There's every chance they will get better. Historically, they've, you know, started their international season. Most teams do, you know, you're, you, when you're a bit rusty and stuff like that. They've uh, they a number of new players on their side. Uh, but I think we added a little bit to our own downfall in the match and I couldn't believe the first 20 minutes how positive Ireland were playing and how how, how they were controlling the tempo quietening the crowd and yeah then the Severis try just all changes and it goes downhill after that but if you look back at the at all the tries the six of them um, uh, they could have been prevented and you probably and I'm kind of saying this from a player point of view or a coaching point of view if you look back You'd be frustrated and a little bit disappointed. I think they didn't cut Ireland open and have any sort of sustained pressure for a long period of time where you were going, wow, that's incredible. I think Ireland just added a little bit to their own downfall. That's not taking anything away from New Zealand. They were exceptional and we know they can do that. They're absolutely ruthless. They have those X-factor players and they sense a little bit of vulnerability and they go for it. And I just thought, for that period after the Severis try, I think that was a period of time where Ireland needed to control the tempo a little bit, take their punishment um, and not let it get any worse. But it felt like a couple of knockout blows right before half time, and that really hurt them. So in terms of the, the lessons, right, like are, are some of the lessons that we're not as good as we think we are, that our, our front row is a, a real issue when it comes to scrum time at world-class level, that our second rows aren't strong enough, that um, uh, the the difference between Conan and Doris, like Doris didn't perform, hasn't performed in, in, in you'd say, as in these games where we've been struggling uh, particularly well, that like maybe going backwards, maybe in a team that's doing really well, he's he's he looks world class, but it's in these performances where you need him to do more, and he hasn't done them. That like, if we're ruthless about the problems, apart from the mistakes that we made, that the problems are a bit more fundamental than just the mistakes. Um, yeah, look, of course there's issues. The scrum scrum is an issue, and you know, we had problems with England in the Six Nations when we had a, a, a dominant win. Um, and I think that has to be sorted out. I don't think it's a case of. Um, I think it's a. It's there's a little bit of Andrew Porter still, you know, fight, trying to find his feet as a loose hat. He's incredibly powerful and he's a big man, um, and it's maybe a little bit of technique and, um, 
Tuunga Fassi just went after him there. They were kind of crabbing across New Zealand, which is very technically very good. And Mike Cron, um, who was their scrum coach for years, would have worked with a lot of these guys. He came back in during the week because Greg Feek was was out. And I, I remember him taking a session with us in Munster and it was all about moving the point of contact, crabbing across a little bit and then accelerating forward. We're probably a little bit too honest there and... Um, there's a little bit of, there's, there's issues there there's no doubt and you know we lost three scrums um, and they were crucial we lost four lineouts. Um, another one was very very scrappy as well um, so you know Ireland rely on those kind of launch plays and, and their set piece to launch attack and you know their big strength in the last number of years when they've done really well is keeping the ball and keeping possession and you know being re- very efficient with their set piece so They've got to try and find a way to sort that out this week, whether it be adjusting their feet a little bit. I thought they got very, very long in their with their footwork. They got to get a little bit closer, I think. And uh, look, there's a lot of pressure coming through there, and um, you know they got that bit of vulnerability and they went for it. The All Blacks, but the lineout was an issue as well, and the gap in the lineout. And we had this problem in France, Jar, where France kept closing the gap in the lineout, um, and. The referee didn't help that day. The referee didn't help the other day. I'm not saying it's his fault. I think Ireland have to self-police that themselves much better. We're too kind of nice and honest there. Um, you've got to kind of start putting pressure on the referee to, to ensure that you get a big gap in the line-out. Obviously, when the gap closes in the line-out, it becomes a little bit harder and, and messier. Um, and New Zealand defended very well. So they, they're reaction was to put massive pressure on Ireland, get in their faces. But I, I thought physically we were okay in open play. You know, you talk about the power in the second row. You know, I thought we, we matched them and um, we didn't get overpowered. Um, at times they were very aggressive at the breakdown and there were so many compliments during the week about Ireland's breakdown. So they went after us there. Um, and on the Caelan Doris point, yeah, he I think he two or three carries in the game. You want your number eight, like, up in double figures um, I think it's difficult at times he's a, an incredibly talented player uh, but given that Ireland had 60% of the possession and um, you know 60% territory you probably would want him to be making more carries I thought Dan Sheehan was amazing the amount of carries he made the tackles he's making Josh van der Fleer. I wouldn't say any of Irish guys had a bad game but that period just after the Sever reach try they made a number of mistakes Gibson Park tapped a quick penalty where probably should have been just calm down, kick it to the touch, kick it to touch. A couple of kicks from the backfield that went straight down to Jordy Barrett, inviting um, inviting New Zealand back in attack. There was a penalty from James Ryan from the kickoff, which is very uncharacteristic of him. Um, and they got two tries then, so they were the, they were the real hammer blows. So you know we still have some issues, of course. But I think we, we, we added to our own downfall a little bit there. You, you mentioned the honesty thing a couple of times there, Alan. How do you change that over the course of uh, the, the, the lifespan of a squad? So say you look at that front row, how, how do you make them less honest or uh, more kind of uh, street fighters over the course of these next few years if that's a big problem in your eyes? I think when teams are crabbing across a little bit, it's hard to describe it here on a video. You know, you probably need a, a chalkboard to start talking about angles and different positions on. But I think we're very square and straight and honest. Um, and teams are, if you can imagine, all eight of the, the opposition are moving maybe 
couple of inches and then changing their point of, of the, the drive that they're going, the angle they're going at. And if you're doing it as eight, it doesn't look as obvious as we'll say a loose set kind of running around on his own and uh, painting the picture to the referee. So I think we've got to kind of counteract and move with it, if you like. Um, you know, as I said, look, Andrew Porter has kind of been under a little bit of pressure there and he's an incredible player. And I think it's just small technical issues that maybe he can he can sort out with John Fogarty. No quick fix solution, but I wouldn't be overly concerned that we have a problem, a major problem in the scrum. We have some problems that need to be fixed. Um, the other issues, um, I think, is just tr- trying to be far more accurate. Um, I remember saying in November on, it was the most complete performance from Ireland when we beat New Zealand in, in all three of the wins. It was because Ireland were so accurate in everything they did. Um, they kept, if you look at the first 20 minutes the other night, I thought it was exceptional. You've got to tip your hat to Ireland and say it was brilliant. It's hard to keep that going. I thought we tried to overplay a little bit too much then. Um, so it's just getting that balance right. Regarding the line-out, well, if I was there, I'd probably be whinging and whining at the referee and looking for my captain to kind of step out of the line-out and slow down the line-outs. You might get free-kicked once for it, but to be really in his face saying, we haven't got a big enough gap here. They keep closing the gap all the time. Um, and again, it's a technical issue that people mightn't understand, but I think it does make a difference. If you have a little bit of a gap in the line-out, it stops the opposition from kind of getting across, touching shoulders, nudging you in the air and and really compressing the line out, if you know what I mean. So um, it's not that, you know, we're a pushover there, but I just think we need to be a bit more street smart and and be able to slow the game down a little bit and uh, and not allow teams do that to us because you know, that's what New Zealand ultimately wanted to do the other night is get in Ireland's face and really rattle them. And uh, they did so for that period. Um and Ireland just made mistakes in that 10 or 12 minute period when it got frantic. And it's easier say it's for me to say it, but like, you know, they're an incredible side and they can do that to anyone if if they're on the front foot. Yeah. But I we, just think we, we, a couple of decisions went. We're a fairly seasoned team. Right there for Ireland. Like, uh, you know, a bunch of those players have been on Lions tours. They've been, they've been uh, in matches where it's going against them and it just felt like nobody knew what to do to stem the tide or to slow things down I was talking earlier the old GEA like whatever the, the rugby equivalent is of start a fight get somebody to go down injured whatever it is you have to do to give everybody two or three minutes and just say okay what the hell is happening why aren't we doing the things we said we would do everybody needs to go back and start taking individual and collective responsibility well, for it well to, to be honest here we, we want in fairness we've criticised the team before for not being expansive and ambitious and but I when the game is going against you when the game is going against you correct. right that's, 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 that's what I'm talking point. about so what, what, what yeah and I agree with you so what do you do one of the things I highlighted and I looked at in that period is we kicked back a few balls and New Zealand kicked the ball 28 times in the game we only kicked it 20 so that kind of tells a story that we, we were trying to play more, um, particularly in that second half. I thought the response was brilliant in the second half. But at times we kicked up the touchlines and up the middle of the field. And sometimes, you know, when we were kicking out of defence, I just thought some of those kicks could have went into the stand. Even if you're only getting 10, 15, 20 yards um, and it goes out to touch, it just slows the game down a little bit. Whereas if you're kicking to Geordie Barrett and Borden Barrett, who dropped into the backfield a lot, 
they're running back, they're, they're bringing their wingers in, you're having to defend again. And ultimately, you're, you're, you're at a risk of, of being broken down, if you know what I mean, against incredible players. Like these guys are just, yeah, they're absolute beasts. I was standing beside some of their backs and they're bigger than, you know, most wing forwards. They're powerful and they're explosive. And you continue, like Jordy Barrett is six foot five and he's an incredible rugby player. He's 110 kilos and you're kicking the ball downfield. I don't think we kicked aimlessly. I'm not saying the kicks were bad, but I think tactically a couple of those could have been pumped into the stand um, and it just might have slowed the game down. Okay. We also got a tiny little bit narrow at times in defence. A couple of specific things. You, you talked about Mike Cron. He's, he's, I just Google him there. He's, he's coaching away. He's, he's 65. He's technically retired. Should we get him over for six months? That's the type of thing that we should be looking at and learning from over over the course of this. Yeah, well, he, yeah, yeah, f- for sure. And he came to Ireland a couple of years ago, and he, uh, um, the latter parts of my career, and uh, he was with Monster, and he was brilliant. And he's been this scrum guru for for um, for a long, long time. He works with World Rugby now, and uh, he analyzes a lot of the matches, the all the international matches, does reports for World Rugby and the referees as well. So, yeah, maybe, maybe I think. Um, he has a wealth of knowledge and experience, um, so th- that's something that you know. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, do a month with the four provinces. The the do a month with the two months with the senior national team. There's six months. Give them the contract. Whatever it takes to get everybody thinking along these terms. The other issue is that um, people are texting in saying moving Porter to tight head doesn't make sense. We've no backup there now and haven't developed loose heads either. Bad planning. Um, this is the whole uh, moving Porter across and obviously the. To, to lose out um, we we don't have uh, depth as we saw at the weekend and we you know partly that's because of the injuries that, that have happened but we we haven't had that depth is it too late now for us to get depth over the next 12 months it seems like it is is there something um, yeah look it's it's difficult you just can't invent players and uh um, look, the, the backup uh, to Keane Healy, who's been had an incredible international career and has been ever present. Uh, the idea to move Porter over was to be the successor to Keane Healy. Um, you know, you'd love to have more Finley Bealham as there as a tight at Tom O'Toole. Um, but, you know, Jeremy Lockman gets picked on the tour, who I think has big potential and needs to be coached better and probably. Uh, there's improvement there, um, but um, it's difficult. It's tricky. Um, I think, listen, we were hailing this six months ago when, in, in November when you had Furlong and Porter on the field together um, and we were talking about world-class front row with Kelleher. Yeah, um, we need to stop talking about that though. We do, because they're not, they're know, not a world-class front row if they're getting destroyed by England and they're getting destroyed now by yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, the period, It's a difficult period for them. I think they can be. I think Porter still can be a top-class international loose head. And he is, but he's just technically getting caught by a few props. Um, I do think that, you know, Keller is a loss even though Sheehan was absolutely amazing. But I think one or the other coming off the bench, yeah. having Henderson there, or Tyburn coming on and off the bench, um, Jack Conan coming off the bench, or O'Mahony, you know, we, we we lost a little bit of that impact with a couple of players. And we don't have the depth in certain positions, and that's just the reality. Well, let's talk about selection then for next week. Is there a case for moving Tyburn into the back row and getting Ryan Baird on the team so that we beef up 
the the line-out options and that we beef up the physicality of the team or like it doesn't seem as if they think Ryan Baird is a starter at this stage they haven't they haven't included yeah, him and I, I was surprised um, that you know he uh, I wasn't surprised that Kieran Treadwell was there and he came on and he was ahead of him in the Six Nations it's it's certainly an option to get him involved given the impact and the energy that he has and and exposing him really to a really hostile situation and playing against the All Blacks here in New Zealand, um, it could be an option. I think if Ian Henderson was there, there's, there's, there's probably an option to move Bourne into the back us. I don't think it'll happen. I don't think... Um, I think the line-out issues we had were probably just timing issues. And I think Paul spoke to the media on, on Sunday um, about that. And it, it was timing. It was probably... Because um, again, I look back at the France game in, in the Six Nations, and there's a couple of throws where it's hitting the top of the jumper, and there's nobody up there with them. It's 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 a it's a timing of the lift or timing of the throw. So um, they need to get better at that. Regardless of, of changes, I think Jack Conan's impact off the bench was was very good. You mentioned that about Darius, but um, I'm not sure if there'll be that many changes. I think. You might think I'm crazy to say this, but I'd be uh, I'd be thinking of putting Gary Ringrose in the wing and playing Bundyaki and Henshaw together in the centre to try and you know beef up our physicality in that back line a little bit. We've been talking about that and for years not, here. Like, yeah, let's yeah, try it and see what not, happens. You know, not, that's not any um, kind of uh, knocking Keith Earls's performance. I thought he was brilliant and the try he scored. Uh, but you know, Ringrose is kind of special, and Henshaw—they both had great moments in the game where they were making a lot of ground in that second half. So um, they have to defend better, Jared, to have any chance to weekend. Make it really, really difficult, even when they're under pressure for New Zealand to, to to get any sort of line breaks, and and then you know look back at that first twenty minutes. So uh, the glass is half full. That <laughs> like like on, but you know you could. You could get the strike too. They, they, these guys can just, if they change gears, they can be extremely, extremely dangerous. But I think, you know, Ireland um, can have a go at them and hopefully they will have a real crack off them on Saturday. One of the things that we keep talking about when it comes to the conversation of depth is what happens if Ireland get injuries and uh, these players need to come in and, and, and replace them. But I think maybe what, what's kind of obvious now is that depth needs to be there for players who are out of form as well. And like you make the point of Ian Henderson was in there, you put Byrne in the back row. Is there a chance actually that it, that it would just be James Ryan who would miss out at this point? Like, I mean, doesn't make the starting 15 for a while, plays himself back into form and, and all of a sudden the depth works a little bit better on that level. It feels that he kind of has to keep playing now because of a lack of options. It, it, it could be, yeah, but he has got to keep fighting through this period as well because he's not... We we're so we were so spoiled with what James Ryan brought in the early parts of his career a couple of years ago. It was just sensational, constant carries, impacts over the game, like big moments. Uh, he's fighting to try and find that kind of form again. And uh, sometimes as a player, you've just got to keep going. I don't think he. I thought he put himself about, uh, made loads of tackles, loads of carries the other night. Um, it's not that he's playing bad. It's we just don't see him as prominent as we probably did at the start of his career. But look, even for the, the, the team that played the Maoris last week, I still think you can learn a lot on this tour. I know, obviously, you want to get results. Um, but And the issues around scrums and lineouts and things like that and um, controlling tempo and all that kind of stuff. Well, 
there's certain guys are learning and and watching it firsthand. Even the players in the squad, they're they're seeing this up close and personal. And as a group, they can try and learn from that. So I think the ultimate goal really was obviously to try and win a test match here. Um, but I still think they can still learn a lot from this. Um, it's really, really important. We said it on Friday that it doesn't end up in a big score at the weekend. Um, I just, I have a feeling Ireland would be better. I believe they'll, they'll, um, um, they'll really make a go of this on Saturday. I'm not saying they'll win, but I think they will be better. My big fear then when I start thinking about what New Zealand can do, but it's a learning curve for everyone to see what kind of, what the characters are like and, and, uh, and can they use that going forward for next year? Yeah. Uh, what about Sexton? And, like, we, we've been talking, really, since he made it clear after the Lions that he wanted to go to the next World Cup about how dangerous it would be for Ireland to try and rely on Sexton because of the injury profile and um, the, the position he plays in. He he gets hit a lot, and uh, maybe it's tackle technique. I don't know enough about the, that to, to be able to, to speak to that. But certainly he's gone in the middle of the game, early in the game, uh, at the weekend do we now just need to say if you make it to the World Cup great but we're going to plan not to have you in all our big games because it just seems like it's a bad idea to put the eggs in the basket of somebody who's coming to the end of their career we did it with Rory Best and it backfired horribly in the last World Cup it could easily just have the same thing again where he's over the hill by the time the World Cup rolls around but we haven't given any game time to anybody else and so therefore nobody else had the opportunity so is this now, irrespective of whether or not he's fit, pick Carberry at the weekend and go for it, go with it? I'm I'm divided on that. I really thought um, I really thought Carberry there was something about him when he came on the other night that I really liked. I thought um, even when he went for that try when Rico Yuani stopped him, I just there's a there's there was something about him the other night that that um, I liked. I liked that, that he had to be thrown in at the deep end. Um, he did play really, really well in, in, in a tough situation. Um, but he was I think he was going to start a test anyway, Carberry here. I think that was the whole idea. Um, so he could start anyway at the weekend and maybe it's a case of, of, of play Sexton next week. I just think, you know, the, you make a very valid point of hitting the World Cup next year and the fly has behind not having enough game time then and we're we're kind of but after a World Cup Jared, that's when your rebuild starts as well and I don't think you know um, you just got to deal with it then when it happens um, I think if there were the fly has behind we're putting more pressure um, on Johnny Sexton but they're not challenging this, the same so it's it's I think Joey Carberry as I said did really well the other night but if Johnny Sexton's fit at the weekend, would I start him? I just think his mental strength and his resilience and the power and presence that he has, I probably would. Uh, people will probably disagree and say, well, we need to get Joey Carberry out in the field. But I don't know. I, I, I think the third test is probably one where I would start Carberry, but I'm not sure what they'll do yet. It's also kind of like just the, the leadership element of things, as opposed to the number ten that he is. Like that early hit, that I know it's you, not, that, the, that, that, that's the thing. It's not. It's not the. It's not that uh, the playing ability because I think Joey Carberry's taken strides in the last few months. He started France coming on at the weekend as well. 
Um, it's just presence. I think they sh- they need to try and learn a little bit off Sexton, get a bit narky like him, um, have more, be more vocal. You want your fly, you have to be really, really vocal. And and to be fair, Joey, Joey Carberry seems to be a little bit quiet. Um, he needs to start bossing people around the field. I'd love to see him doing that. Um, it's it's also like pretty, I don't know what they're going to do that, that moment early in the game when Ringrose has that tackle on Sam Kane you can see Sexton being like what a hit and kind of like that just it, it wasn't goading but he made sure that Sam Kane could hear it or that the All Blacks players could hear it and it was just that level of needle and like I wonder does that kind of come back to this wider conversation that you were talking about in the scrum about honesty and you know like is there just a, enough of a of an edge about this Ireland team uh, outside of Sexton they're all lovely fellas yeah well, with the exception of, of sex in that, in that sort of moment. And I'm sure there are other exceptions in, in the squad. Exception of uh, P- Peter Romani as well. Yeah, Peter yeah. Like there's, there's another example. Like, but that's two, two players. Is, it, like, is, there, is, there enough, is there enough of that across the, 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 the team even, let, let alone the squad, the Ireland starting 15? Uh, maybe not. Um, I, look, I, it's rich coming from me. Um, no, you it's know, exactly, exactly, you're exactly what we would. need. Yeah, look, you probably need a little bit more of an edge. I, I just kind of, I was kind of pumped up on Friday being at the press con, the, the, the captain's run myself, just thinking, you know, I'd love to kind of, I'm not saying <laughs> even when I was, when I was playing that I would have played well, but it, you know, it's kind of one of those ones where you're going into the real deep end here and you know, you're going to get smashed and you know, you're going to get hit and, um, you'd love to have a fight there and kind of really get stuck into them. But look, I think they're they're incredibly tough play, tough players. Like Robbie Henshaw is the machine. Like you know what I mean. You're not going to go out in the, the field and intimidate him. Robbie Henshaw'd kill me with a tackle if I thought I could kind of intimidate him. But there probably is a little bit of room just to have a, uh, to be a bit more nasty and kind of have more of the Gary Ringrose hit and stuff like that and kind of stand toe-to-toe a little bit. It's not going to win you matches, but sometimes the body language kind of generates a bit of energy amongst yourselves and stuff. But look, ultimately, I think Ireland need to technically get beyond the money uh, for the next two tests to, to kind of any chance and, and really fix the scrum, fix the line-out and, you know, hold on to the ball and, and really look at, look, look at what they did in the first 20 minutes. I thought it was unbelievable. I don't know... Um, what you think but I really thought that um, you know the couple of turnovers they had they were really frustrating New Zealand and uh, ultimately they were going to turn and have a purple patch but the three tries they scored you know starting with the Severis one um, was kind of a devastating blow for Ireland um, yeah it just it just had the bang of some of those games where we start well against the All Blacks and then they they hammer us with like without us almost noticing that the game is gone and the game is gone at half time and that's why it's hard, also hard then to read too much into the second half because the game is over and we all know the game is over at that stage really um, and any time we scored they were scoring or any time it looked like we were going to score they knocked the ball out of our hands but to be fair to be fair Jared, they would have loved to put 60 points on us you know what I mean and it wasn't as if they stopped so I, I would give Ireland some credit for that to be fair the way they kept you know, the way they came out after half time and Ringrose got to try earlier and they kept going and you know, so look, it wasn't the case that they wilted. They were under a fair bit of pressure at times, um, as well, Ireland, but I thought it was much better in the second half. And look, okay. Um we we'll judge it after the second test whether it's been um you know, a disaster or not. But I think it's uh, they have they have an opportunity this week, they've got to really go after it and kind of pick themselves up. Yeah. 
and uh, we're going to find out a lot about them and a lot about what, what their character is and, and whether or not they're going to do anything at the next World Cup I would say as well last question it seems like your clothes arrived anyway clothes arrived on Friday yeah thanks be to God and uh, so uh, yeah Paul helped me for a day and a half anyway <laughs> so it was good thanks be to God I needed the, the coat and some warm clothes for Saturday but um, all good now very happy sleeping a little bit better as well and what part of the world are you in now have you moved down to Dunedin yet or are you still yeah, in, yeah. no we uh, we moved, moved down to Queenstown today so right. I'm uh, slugging it out here in picturesque Queenstown one of the most beautiful places in the world on the lake here so um, it's uh, half the Irish people here have gone off skiing this, today and there's snow on the mountains here. It's incredible. It's a beautiful place. So go to Dunedin on Thursday for the team announcement and all that stuff. And the build-up will kind of start a bit more. Then the Irish team will go down to Dunedin until Wednesday. Right. Well, enjoy. Thanks a million for joining us. Cheers. Cheers. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.